Welcome to a present from the past. Hello and welcome to another episode of A Present from the Past. In today's episode, we're going to be diving into finding out more information about your host, me. I kind of, I get some people that ask, you know, how I get, how I got into paranormal and, you know, what, what is my drive to, you know, do the things that we do as paranormal investigators and such. And, you know, where did it all start? Where did it come from? And, and, you know, then right after that, the next question normally what have you experienced? What have you seen? What have you done? Blah, blah, blah. Have you been to this place? Have you been to that place? Have you been to this place? <laughs> I would love to say that I've been everywhere, but I have not. Um, even though I have been a paranormal investigator for about 11 years, most of my experience has been at um, personal homes uh, of people that have wondered if they have something going on. Um, not too much at going to experience the bigger places that, you know, you see on TV all the time or, you know, everybody's going to. The group I was with was more focused on helping the everyday people at their homes feel comfortable in their homes when they suspect they have something going on. That being said, <clears throat> let's dive in to my history. Um, well, heck, I'll, I'll just go back to the beginning. I was born on, uh, Carlswell Air Force Base here in Fort Worth, Texas. It's for everybody that wasn't born, everybody born after 2000, that would be the Joint Reserve Base here in Fort Worth. Um, anybody new to the area, that, that's the Joint Reserve Base. Uh, but before, I think it was 19, I want to say late 90s is when it changed over. It might have been mid-90s. It changed over from Carswell Air Force Base to the Joint Reserve Base. Anyway, the hospital I was born at um, is actually now a women's prison. <laughs> and so some people ask me, where are you born? Women's prison. You know, not a lie. It just it's what it is now. Um, and actually, one of the uh, the famous cellmates there is, uh, I think her last name is Van Houten. She was one of the one of the Manson family, and she's actually kept there at that prison. So, so anyway, um, obviously, born on the Air Force base. My father was in the Air Force, so we kind of traveled around. When I was six weeks old. I actually got a, a passport, and we went to Germany. Lived in Germany for about four years. Um, I don't remember much of it. Everybody's always like, oh, that must have been so great, blah, blah, blah. Dude, I was six weeks to four years old. I, I don't remember a bit of it. Uh, lived in Georgia for a little bit. And then we moved to New Mexico, 
And then we moved back to Fort Worth, actually in the same house that we used to live in uh, before we moved to Germany. Apparently, my dad held on to it and just rented it out. Um, so, by the time we get back to uh, Fort Worth, at this point, I'm seven years old. Yeah, it's it's about 88. So, 1988, um, one of my cousin's girlfriend's or wife, I think it was his wife, passed away. And my sister was a little bit closer to certain cousins than than I was or my brother was. So she was, I guess, curious and went and got a Ouija board. And this is where the whole shebang begins. And this is where the whole shebang bang bang bang. And this is where the whole thing starts. So my sister got the Ouija board and decided to try and contact said cousin's wife. And there were certain key elements that led her to believe that she was talking to um, our cousin's wife that had passed away. One of the things was, is my sister had a little dog, Fluffy, and um, the cousin's wife used to chase Fluffy around the room. And whenever my sister got on the Ouija board, Fluffy would start running around the room in circles and would try and, you know, just acting just like she did when this cousin's wife was chasing her. Um, and then after, you know, once or twice using it, things started to change. Um, they say when you use a Ouija board, you can kind of feel a, a like the planchette getting tugged between two entities. And <clears throat> you kind of pick up on a struggle. Well, uh, that stuff started to happen. And then Fluffy was no longer running around the room. Fluffy was hiding under tables, under chairs, growling and not very friendly. So Dorothy started asking questions about Who's this? Why are you here? And all sorts of questions and getting interesting responses. And um, some of the responses were talking about hurting us or taking our souls or whatever. And um, sometimes she, she started asking more and more questions that, this entity didn't want to answer. And at one point she was on the board and the um, candles in the room, of course, you know, Ouija board, you got to do it by candles in the room. Um, the, the light was flickering and then just shot up about four or five inches high. And the board went flying across the room. 
excuse me. And after after the board went flying across the room, um, we decided that we, we, you know, well, that was one of the things that happened. Other things that started to happen is we had lights that would flicker and on and off. And at the time, my sister was 14, 15 years old, supposed to be watching me and my brother. My brother was 10. I was 7. Um, my Both my parents were at work. So we're sitting there seeing all this stuff happen throughout the house. And, um, so I had a little Casio keyboard with a button next to it that said sampling. You'd hit that button and it would record for about 30 seconds. And... Um, the first time I did it, I, I pushed that little button and, you know, the little microphone over here in the corner and I just tapped on the microphone, just like, and stopped and just let it go to finish out the 30 seconds of recording. At the end of it, I played it back. And it's got like this low growl sound to it. just almost like a... More guttural than that. But um, we... Uh, so I'm, I'm telling everybody, hey, be quiet, be quiet, be quiet. Come here, come here. So we, we go around, make sure everything's turned off in the house that could be making noises or anything. And I have everybody gathered around me. And my sister's boyfriend is sitting right next to me. His name is Neil. So we do it again. And, you know, I hit the sampling button, tap on the microphone three times, three or four times, and let it finish recording. Play it back. And as soon as the growling or the, the tapping sound stops, you hear the growling sound again. And then it says, plain as day. F U Neil, the whole whole word, and uh, so yeah, um, I kind of tossed the keyboard down and took off running. Stayed outside until my parents got home. Uh, I was pretty freaked out by the whole incident. Um, later on, a couple of days later, uh, after my parents had gone to work, you know, us being kids late 80s, we decided we're going to take care of this. Uh, We get a hold of a old cast iron grill and the lid has has the little bent holes for the, you know, letting air out and whatnot. And we clogged the holes with like whatever we could find and pour gasoline into this lid. We turned it upside down, poured gasoline into it, and we threw the Ouija board in there. And we let it soak for a few minutes. And then we set it on fire. That Ouija board did not burn. The sticker on top burnt. It burnt around a picture of like there was a moon and a lady on this one. So it burned around those two pictures, but the board itself was still solid. I mean, it was still like a solid board. 
Um, so we refilled the, the lid with gasoline. We let it soak even longer and just put the board and those two pictures in there and let it soak. And about 10, 15 minutes later, we set it on fire again. And we let it just burn, keep burning. Um, that board came out and was still solid, just like it was after the first burning. And those uh, two pictures weren't touched. Um, we never figured out what the significance of those two pictures were. But uh, we ended up throwing it in a trash bag and removing it from the premises. Now, you would think, as one of the reasons why I tell people don't use Ouija boards, especially if you have no clue about them or how to even begin to work them properly, um, you would think after destroying it and getting rid of it, and, okay, this is not for the people that know how to handle Ouija boards. This is for the people that are curious about Ouija boards and um, not sure if they should or not. <clears throat> you would think after destroying the Ouija board and throwing it away, all your problems would magically go away. That That's not what happens. Um, we still had issues in the house. Um, we still had... We had uh, a friend, I really do not know uh, how much this person knew, how much this person uh, actually practiced what he preached, but he supposedly came in and said that he found a portal open in our house and sealed it shut and it wasn't going to bother us anymore and all this other stuff. Well, shortly after that, we moved Uh we moved from that part of Fort Worth to a suburb in North Fort Worth. Every, you know, I, I didn't really, you know, I got scared away from Ouija boards, didn't want nothing to do with them, and I wouldn't have anything to do with them. Until a girl I was talking to, yes, guys, the girls will always make you do the crazy things that you never wanted to do or that you swore you'd never do again. So I was talking to a girl, and she wanted a, a Ouija board for her 16th birthday. I was still very, very skeptical about being around them. I was afraid of them. I didn't want to be around them. But because I was a guy and interested in this girl, I went out and got her a Ouija board. And at her birthday party, she broke it out. <sighs> so she starts asking all sorts of questions, and the Ouija board is sitting there telling her, you know, I'm a guardian angel here for you, blah, 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 spelling out her name and everything. And this, this feeling that just one of those feelings you never forget it's, it's like stuck in your memory and you know how it just makes you feel uneasy anybody that's actually had this experience or 
an experience that um, you still get creeped out from. Uh, like, say you're afraid of heights, and you're you don't see it, but you suddenly your body tells you you're up high, or you know that that anticipation and kind of just your body having a better sense of awareness of you than yourself having. That starts creeping up on me, and I'm like, something's just not right here. Something does not feel right. And I, I had to know. So I put my hands on the planchette, and <clears throat> I asked, um, are you lying? And it moves quickly up to yes. Are you who I think you are? And it starts going in a circle and come back and says yes. Say goodbye. I haven't touched one since. Every, I mean, it is to the point. Now, we did get a name during the first interactions with the, the Ouija board when we were younger, we did get a name. Uh, to this day, we still to this day, we still do not like saying that name. We will not use it. And it, it's sort of like Voldemort. He who shall not be named. Um, we actually had an incident. Oh, heck, this was a few years back. Um, probably about five five years ago or so. Where we were leaving, me and my sister were leaving my brother's house. And we started kind of reminiscing about this, this period of our life. And one of us mentioned the name. And I don't... It was probably sure... Purely coincidental, but it was shortly after the name was mentioned, a car came out of nowhere and almost ran us off the road. I mean, just like completely middle of the night. We didn't see this car coming. There was no way it was right where it was. It came out of nowhere and almost ran us off the road. And we both looked at each other and said we knew we shouldn't have said his name. So, that is what drew my you know, my, my, my curiosity into the paranormal. I've always been curious about it ever since. Always been wanting to find out more of, you know, everything on the other side and without actually going to the other side, if you know what I mean. Um, but... I mean, even though I do believe in ghosts, and I, I really do believe that things happen, and I've experienced a ton of stuff since uh, joining ASAP, um, both during investigations and at home. Um, because once you start getting into this stuff, this stuff does follow you home. You'll start noticing things around your house, and it, you know, most of the time, it's nothing bad. It's just, hey, I'm here. Okay. I acknowledge you're here. Can you please go back to where you came from? Uh, so, 
we can get into a little bit more of my experiences uh, from my different locations and, and from the different places that I've uh, visited over the years. Um, we can talk about the apparitions I've seen. We can talk about the shadow figures I've seen. Um, yeah, uh, I've witnessed quite a few things since being a paranormal investigator. Anyway, I think that's going to be it for this episode. If you want to hear something else or if you want me to take a look at a, a video or pictures or whatever and talk about it on the show and see if I think it's paranormal or if it's just uh, something that can be explained away, feel free to send me a, a comment down below. Reach out to me on Facebook, uh, uh, Presence from the Past. Uh, you can always check out the website of presencefromthepast.com. Um, Instagram on there also. Um, yeah, but check out any of those. Contact me. Let me know what you think. Um, hit a like button. Hit the subscribe button if you want to see more episodes like this. If anything you want me to, any critiques you got or anything like that, leave a comment down below. I'll be happy to uh, take a look at those. Um, until next time, guys. Y'all be going.